This sermon was recorded at Church of the Ascension, an Anglican parish in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, whose mission is to be a worshipping community that equips God's people and shares Christ's healing with a broken world. For more information, please visit ascensionpittsburgh.org. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word to us, and I pray that you would speak to us afresh this morning by the power and presence of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> Our first online service took place exactly a year ago this Sunday. I don't know quite how the disciples felt when they were faced with a hillside of hungry people and no idea how they would be fed. But I do know that I felt daunted by the seemingly impossible task of pastoring in a pandemic. I'll let you into a secret. I actually had to look up pandemic to make sure it meant what I thought it meant. In today's gospel reading, Jesus asks one of his disciples, Philip, a simple question. Where shall we buy bread? And the question seems innocuous enough, except for this backdrop of these huge hungry crowds. And it turns out that this question was a test. As we read in verse 6, Jesus said this to test him, for he himself knew what he was going to do. Now let me be clear. <clears throat> I don't believe that God sent the pandemic to test us. I don't believe that God sent the pandemic at all. And yet, it surely has been a test. A global phenomenon of this scale has tested governments, communication systems, schools, hospitals, churches. Parents, teachers, children, the elderly, those who live alone, those who live with others, all have been tested. Our relationships with colleagues and family members and with one another have faced huge challenges. And yet, as I look back on these past 12 months, I feel a certain sense of amazement. Of course, there is real sadness, grief, and loss. Friends and loved ones have died. Baptisms, weddings, and funerals have had to be rearranged or postponed or just happen in a very different way. And yet, I stand amazed at what God has done and is doing in our midst. I am reminded, perhaps as the disciple Philip was reminded, that when we find ourselves frantically scrambling to fix an unfixable problem, Jesus already knows what he is going to do. This past year, I think we, like the disciples, have at times felt overwhelmed by the challenges that we faced. Perhaps there were times when you were tempted to despair. And yet the truth is that in the presence of Jesus, who is God, we need never despair, for he already knows what he is going to do. In the midst of crises, challenges, uncertainties, it's quite possible that Jesus may test us like he tested Philip. He may ask us for a response. He may want us to bring what we have or who we are 
and lay these things at the feet of Jesus, like the boy with his two fish and five barley loaves. When Jesus asked Philip, where can we buy bread? An honest response might have been, uh, actually, I don't think we can. Or I know a village about half an hour from here where they, we might be able to rustle up 50 loaves of bread or something. But what Philip actually does is he starts calculating what it would cost to feed this vast crowd. And it doesn't take him long to realize more than six months wages wouldn't even do it. I think where Philip went wrong when faced with this test from Jesus was that he thought that he had to come up with the solution all by himself. And that somehow in that moment he had to prove himself. Whereas I think the response that Jesus looks for in us when we're faced with a challenge or a test, even something impossible, is not some amazing solution we can think out by ourselves or some great heroic act of our own, but rather a word of obedience, a question, an attitude of trust, and a willingness to do what we can, no matter how small or insignificant it may seem. When God calls us today, as he does, the question is not, what Herculean effort will you do for me? Rather, it's, what will you bring? Sadly, Philip only sees the impossibility of the situation. All these people, all the money it would take, all this no bread anywhere for miles, when right in front of him, there's Jesus the one whom he had seen change water into wine, the one he'd seen heal people. Well, at that point, Andrew comes onto the scene. In contrast to Philip, he seems to have at least a little hope and a little faith and a little boy with a little food. But isn't that so often what God asks of us? Mustard seed moments, a little faith, a little hope, a little trust in a big God with a big heart who has the ability to do the miraculous in the face of the hopeless? So Andrew comes to Jesus. There's a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish. I have never quite figured out whether Andrew here is overly eager. Ooh, look what I found. Or whether he's just plain cynical. Well, there is this, as he holds up the pathetically inadequate brown bag lunch. Or maybe, just maybe, it's with his own little hope, his own little faith, that he comes to Jesus. But this passage is not a passage about the faith of the disciples. Rather, it is an account of the faithfulness of Jesus. This miracle gives us a glimpse of the tremendous power of Jesus to transform seemingly hopeless situations. What Jesus did on that hillside with that crowd on that day is but one example of that. Never in a million years could Philip or Andrew or anyone else have imagined what Jesus would do. God's wonderful and bountiful provision is more than we can even imagine. Today, following this service at noon is our annual meeting, and I want to take a moment now to reflect very specifically on God's steadfast faithfulness and abundant provision for us.
this past year. A year ago, we got off to a great start at Ascension. Our average Sunday attendance for January and February was 532, which was actually up 12% from the year before. We were finishing our capital campaign and making plans for the year ahead. Things were looking so positive and hopeful. But then, like the rest of the world, we were faced with the global pandemic. We had to do something unthinkable. We had to shut our doors. On March the 15th, 2020, with just three days notice, we suspended all in-person worship services. What would we do? How could we continue to be who God has called us to be? A worshiping community, equipping God's people, sharing Christ's healing with a broken world. How could that happen if the doors were locked? It's been such a difficult year in the life of our nation and indeed throughout the world. In the US alone, the lives of more than half a million people have been lost to the virus. As I think about our own Ascension family, I'm aware that many within our own community have experienced grief and heartache through the death of loved ones, unemployment, anxiety, uncertainty, and isolation. And yet, I have heard stories from many within the congregation and have seen with my own eyes the hand of God at work among us. Today, as I look back exactly a year from the decision to suspend our in-person gatherings, I am struck by the faithfulness of so many at Ascension, and above all, by God's faithfulness to us and His constant provision. In the midst of repeated stay-at-home orders, God has continued to make His home with us. He has not been absent. I am reminded of St. Paul's words to the church when he said, To him who by the power at work within us is able to accomplish abundantly far more than we can ask or imagine, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. We have seen the truth of this declaration again and again with God's provision of people, skills, time, equipment, and financial support. We were the first church in Pittsburgh to close our doors. Let me tell you, that was a scary decision. While we still long to be the other side of this pandemic, I am so grateful for all the vibrant worship and ministry that has been possible these past 12 months and which continue. Several vignettes come to mind. Today, our YouTube channel, which didn't exist a year ago, has over 700 subscribers and is populated with more than 450 videos with new videos added every week. This resource has now accumulated some 90,000 views. That's a lot. Our services have adapted and changed. We have at times opened up only to have to close again. We adopted the accordion approach, expanding and contracting according to local conditions. It was with great excitement that we purchased a 4,000 square foot tent to facilitate more in-person worship towards the end of last year. In an almost Amish-like barn building effort, the tent was put up on the big lawn in front of the church. The following day, the squeals of delighted children and many adults were heard visiting the live nativity set up beside it. On Christmas Eve, we were able to gather outside for a frosty in-person Christmas Eve service complete with live mass singing, candlelight, and the smell of hay. The next day, however, in what was, well, a perfect storm of rain, ice, and snow which came, the tent collapsed. 
But thanks be to God, no one was hurt, and the tent is now ready to be put up again next week in time for Palm Sunday. We hope to keep the tent up for the rest of this year as we move to two weekly in-person worship services, a new tent service at 9 a.m. with live music and space for children to engage, and an indoor service at 11, followed by walk-through communion. In the midst of setbacks, disappointments, and sorrows, we have continued to rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep, hosting baptisms, weddings, and funerals, all done with pandemic limitations. While our doors may have been closed for much of last year, Church of the Ascension has continued to grow. In the last 12 months, we've welcomed 52 adults into membership, along with 26 children. All of the key ministries of our common life together have had to make major adjustments over the past year. I'm so grateful to all those who've worked so hard in our music and worship arts ministry in continuing to help lead us in our worship together in so many new and creative ways. When other churches were unable to offer corporate worship at all, many people from well beyond Ascension joined in our live stream worship. We've received emails and cards of thanksgiving from people far beyond Pittsburgh. We've not had in-person children's ministry for a year now, and yet each week we hear from our kids as they send in their recorded answers to a question for the children's sermon. We've come to know and love their little voices. The creative and high-quality production of Kids Church on our YouTube channel has been quite remarkable. Now in its third season, this has provided superb weekly teaching for our children, and it's also been a window into the lives of many in our church family, as we've heard from parishioners about their lives, hobbies, and work. Weekly memory verses, songs, teaching, and of course, our very own puppet star, Sally Lolly, have delighted, taught, encouraged, and helped foster community even in the dark days of our physical separation. Our youth have met in various ways over the course of the last year. Some meetings have had to be virtual, but many have been in person. Our young people have gathered in backyards, around fires, and through our porch pod gatherings in which 12 families hosted small groups outdoors on their front porches and in many other ways. One group among us who've been especially isolated this year have been those with special needs, some of whom live in residential group homes. Our WINGS ministry has continued online throughout with weekly Zoom meetups and engaging godly play lessons posted on YouTube. And this has been such a blessing. Since the start of Lent, it has been a delight to welcome back some of our special needs friends who participate in our Sunday services as they bring forward our weekly offerings. The workshop counseling ministry has also continued through the year as they've maintained in-person sessions, either inside with windows wide open or by meeting outside in the courtyard. Our counselors have also produced valuable video resources, which continue to be available on our YouTube channel. Pandemic notwithstanding, by God's grace, we have been able to expand existing ministries and start new ones. The director of our international ministry now works full-time as we continue to reach out to internationals from all over the world. A 30-plus teaching uh, team rose to the challenges of lockdown as classes pivoted to an online format. Seven weekly Bible studies have also continued. For many internationals, this has been a season of particular isolation. And for some who are here for medical reasons or for asylum, incredible hardship. 
This ministry has literally been a lifeline to sojourners in our midst. In other areas of expanded ministry, we move forward last fall with our new Ascension Fellows Programme, an initiative for leadership development in partnership with the diocese. Campus ministry also expanded. We were glad to welcome a CCO fellow to work alongside our current team. And I'm delighted to announce that Chris will continue his work with us, focusing his future work on graduate student ministry. While we have not been able to serve food to those in homeless shelters this past year, this Ascension ministry has actually flourished as food has continued to be prepared and delivered. Our missions committee is now actively exploring how we might expand the numbers of meals we provide and engage more fully with our local community. All of this ministry has been undergirded with prayer. A year ago, we started weekday morning prayer with a small clergy team leading the service via Zoom and then posted to YouTube. Then within the first week of the pandemic, we began expanding that team. Today, co-leaders lead morning prayer once every two months. Our congregation has seen more than a hundred different faces of church family members lead morning prayer during this time. In a season of isolation, this ministry has brought prayer, presence and encouragement to so many. What an amazing gift. Our 24 community groups, which form the backbone of our connection with one another, have managed to weather the storm of the pandemic by being innovative. Many have met over Zoom and a couple of our young adult groups have continued in-person outdoor meetings throughout, even in the most frigid conditions. Two more community groups are also about to be launched. Last year saw us needing to enter a search process for a new assistant rector. After initially putting this on hold last summer, we were able to complete the search. After considering 19 applications, we were delighted to have final interviews with Kevin Antlitz, who with his wife, Susan, visited us shortly before Christmas. While the interview was physically distanced and very cold with windows and doors open on a chilly day, the outcome is so encouraging. Father Kevin is set to begin his ministry with us at the beginning of May. Another example of how we've seen God at work in our midst is through the generosity of so many people here at Ascension and beyond. Notwithstanding real personal hardship for some among us, we ended the year with a financial surplus. Indeed, giving increased by 7%. Over and above this, we are also partway through our More Than Stones capital campaign. Though we were unable to complete our goal of visiting every household, God willing, we hope to complete this task this year. As well as the goal of visiting with everyone, we also set a financial target of raising $8.2 million. And of that goal, $2 million was made available from our endowment fund and a further five million has already been pledged with people currently giving, and we are so very grateful. On the one hand, we've only 1.2 million left to raise. On the other hand, we still have 1.2 million to raise. But as I think of the disciples faced with more than 5,000 hungry souls to feed on a hillside one day, I'm reminded that it is the Lord of heaven and earth who is our ultimate provider. Our task is to bring what we have and play our part. I feel confident that as God has always been faithful in the past, so will he be faithful again as he prompts the hearts of his people by his Holy Spirit to give generously to his work. 
The More Than Stones campaign is, as we have always said, about stones, but it's also about so much more than stones. It's about preparing for the next half century of joyfully, faithfully, and wholeheartedly engaging in the ministry which God has planned, purposed, and willed for Church of the Ascension. It's about raising up living stones for his kingdom. What a joy, even in this pandemic season, to see ministry continue and living stones raised up alongside all the physical work that's already been undertaken. The blackened stonework has been restored to its original sparkling, at least when the sun's shining, golden sandstone, and the repointing is almost done. New pews are under construction. The nave floors will soon be refinished, and in May, the stained glass windows will be taken out to be refurbished. Now we're working closely with the architects in the more detailed design stage for the expansion of our parish hall and all that is planned to make these historic buildings more hospitable. There's so much more that I could speak of. So many people that have prayed, worked behind the scenes, prepared meals for others and reached out with notes, cards and phone calls. A year like no other has passed. While there is much ahead that remains uncertain, I am filled with hope and eager anticipation to see all that God will continue to do among us. My prayer is that our church family will be found faithful even as God is faithful and that we may continue to love God and love our neighbors as ourselves. As we continue to welcome our neighbors and reach the nations with the love of Christ, let us remember as St. Paul teaches us, that God, by the power at work within us, is able to accomplish abundantly far more than all we can ask or imagine. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Well, what a great God we have. Amen indeed. What a, what a privilege and a joy it is to belong to this part of God's family here at Church of the Ascension. And as I close, I want to say this. There is nothing too big for Jesus. There's nothing too difficult. Be encouraged this morning. Catch a glimpse of his power and his love. Trust him even as you may be tested, for he knows you and loves you. He understands what you are facing, and he has compassion for you. If you should ever think that Jesus has forgotten you, that he doesn't know or see or care what's happening to you, that you're not important enough, you're wrong about that. He does see. He does care. He has not forgotten you. When all seems hopeless, when sickness may terrify us, when trusted friends may betray us or hurt us, when we may feel utterly helpless, Jesus is close by. Just as the disciples on that hillside were tested in the face of the seemingly impossible task of feeding thousands of people, we continue to be tested today. And in our own strength, the tests that come may seem overwhelming. And this is why we need to rely on the Holy Spirit to think and act in us, 
recognizing that God is the ultimate reality in every situation, even in the midst of fear or loneliness, heartache or grief. It is in the very times of testing that we may see and know and experience God's grace and loving kindness, perhaps like we've never experienced it before. Let us pray that we may experience a deepening of our faith and the comfort of the Holy Spirit, even as our weaknesses are revealed, that we may learn to trust ever more closely in God's all-sufficient presence and power today, tomorrow, and in all the days ahead. Amen.